Party, hour number two. The Pete Callender Show, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The phone number is 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, I meant to mention this earlier. Um, thanks to uh, Lou for uh, Lou Pate for filling in for me yesterday. I appreciate that. Um, the reason I was not here was uh, I got fired, but I've been rehired. No, I'm kidding. Um, I went to the I went up to the state legislature yesterday, and I gave him a piece of my mind. No, I didn't. I went up there just to be the representative of WBT for the recognition. Uh, of the 100th anniversary of WBT. So we had the House. Uh, they did uh, uh, a recognition. Uh, the Speaker of the House read a recognition uh, from the well, and then I bounced over to the Senate, and uh, Senator uh, Ted Alexander from Shelby, uh, thanks to him and his uh, legislative assistant, Lynn, for uh, getting the, uh, the, the senatorial... Uh, proclamation, I, I forget what they call them, the, the resolutions to, and he read that on the on the floor as well. And uh, Mark Robinson, he actually uh, uh, pronounced my last name correctly when he read uh, that I was in attendance as a representative. So I was kind of, I don't, I mean, I've interviewed Mark Robinson, but I, I never expect anybody to remember <laughs> how to pronounce my name or who I am or anything like that. I don't know. I, I, so I was just up there in the gallery and, um, so it was good. I got to walk around and meet some people. I appreciate everybody who uh, spent some time with me, Andy and Becky. I appreciate uh, and Demi. Uh, thanks so much for all of your help on all of that stuff. It was a uh, it was a long day. I mean, I drove all the way up and then uh, all the way back. About two and a half, two hours and forty five minutes each way. Burned through an entire tank of gas. So I had filled up right before I left, and that cost me about sixty five dollars. And I was down to uh, just under, because my my gas gauge in my car, you know, it gives you a little, uh, gives you a monitor, tells you like how much you have left before you run out of gas. And so I got down to 40 miles. I could only go 40 more miles. And I think I usually can go about 300, something like that. So I burned through an entire tank of gas. And then this morning on my way into work, I filled up again. And yeah, about $65. So filled up twice in two days. And it was about $130 total. And I know some people are paying that every time they fill up. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you, I, I, like I may start, I'm going to have to start working from home soon at the rate we're going. Here's the big takeaway. I'm going to get into the pricing of uh, of oil and gas and stuff here. So you'll be armed for these types of discussions. Uh, and of course, oh, and I have some audio. You're going to you're going to love this audio from CNN. No you will. I promise you're going to love it. <laughs> well, as much as one could love audio from CNN. Okay. But there's this clip of the energy secretary Granholm, right? The former Michigan Governor, I want to say, or senator, forget. Um, this is this is really, really terrible messaging, and uh, for the Biden administration, it's why their numbers are so terrible as well. Because not only have they done everything in their power to drive us to the point now where we are on this sort of 
on the brink of economic calamity, um, if not already in it. But they they get on these shows and they have no believable explanation for their actions. You're going to hear it. But first, let's go over the uh, the oil prices. Here's the big takeaway. Gas prices, oil prices, right? They are the effect, not the cause. Oil prices are the effect. They are not the cause. Democrats right now and their allies in the media are making a big push to try. First, it was the Putin price hike. And now it's the evil oil companies, right? That they're gouging people. I'm going to break down the cost of a gallon of gas. You're going to know where the money goes when you pay for gasoline, okay? But the big takeaway is that these are the price of gas, the price of oil is the effect, it is not the cause. So, head over to theblaze.com, op-ed by Carol Roth. She says, the cost of crude oil is the biggest cost component of a gallon of gas. All right? So the crude price dictates the gasoline gallon price, which makes sense, right? In January, it made up 52% of the price of a gallon of gas. Crude oil price made up just over half of the price of a gallon of gas in January. In February, that went up nine percentage points. In February, 61% of the cost of a gallon of gas was driven by the oil price. It has since dropped to about 59% in March, latest numbers. All right, so that's the biggest charge is the price of oil and i'll get to the price of oil but right now looking at just the gas right so what are the what about the retailers most of these oil producers you know exxon mobil and shell and bp and the evil oil companies giving us the energy we seek jerks they don't really own gas stations the vast majority, almost all of the gas stations are owned by individuals or groups, right? They're just business owners. They have franchises, whatever, and they can change their affiliation with whatever uh, gas company they want, oil company they want. So those are the retailers. And they mark up a gallon of gas about 15 cents. Oh, my gosh. They're gouging me 15 cents per gallon. You know what the profit is after you expense out, like the cost of the person in the store, right? The expenses of running the business. So because 15 cents is the markup by the retailer, you know what their profit is? The profit margin is two cents. Two cents on a gallon of gas. Isn't that amazing? A gallon of gas in Charlotte's now, what, pushing 460? And two cents of that is for the guy that owns that store. A lot of gas stations supplement their business with selling a variety of other things from cigarettes to beverages. Right? That's where they make most of their money, actually. It's not on the gasoline. So the cost of crude, that is the main driver for the price of gasoline. How is that uh, factored into, or uh, what what factors uh, create that price? Glad you asked. I will answer it. 
Carl Roth, writing at TheBlaze.com. Debunked and explained. No greedy oil companies are not to blame for gas prices. I'll do that in a second. First, every single year, you know, we do the WBT Sky Show. And every single WBT Sky Show, we honor our veterans and active military members. Uh, We do a patriotic flag ceremony following the ball game and before the, uh, the blowing up of the dynamite in the air. So... If you are interested in participating in the flag ceremony and you're currently serving or you have served in the military, WBT would love to have you. Go to WBT.com and sign up for a chance to join us at the Sky Show on July 4th. You would get four tickets to the game and uh, you'd be a part of the flag ceremony on the field. Right? WBT.com. Good luck and thank you for your service. So... Uh, oil price, I said earlier, oil prices and, the, and you know, the price of gas and the profits that these oil companies are, are making right now, these are the effects. These are not the causes. These are the, this is downstream of decisions that were made that drove the prices where they are. So it broke down sort of the, the pricing in the gallon of gas, Let's, and most of that comes from the cost of crude. Let's start with a look at crude. Um, supply and demand. It is set by factors of supply and demand. Now, there is also, yes, the OPEC, the oil cartel, that decides how much to produce at given times, and that does impact the supply. On the demand side, though, we've seen massive shifts because decisions made around the world related to what? COVID, the pandemic, right? Changes brought down supply or uh, brought down demand. The changes in policy, locking people down, restrictions on travel, everybody being terrified. Thank you, media. Right. That had an impact. Um, Let's see here. She says, as people were locked down, demand plummeted. And as people emerged from lockdowns, demand increased. When China fully emerges from another series of lockdowns, As the number one importer of oil in the world, China will add demand to the worldwide market at that point. The push for green energy has thwarted the progress that the U.S. was making in energy independence and increasing supply. This is one of the things that people, when they dismiss the, you know, like the Keystone Pipeline, for example, and you'll hear Democrats and media, but I repeat myself, they will say things like, uh, well, he just canceled. They hadn't even begun work on it. They wouldn't have delivered any oil whatsoever, right? And that is true. It was not even, I don't know if it would have been completed by now. But here's the thing that they, they miss, either intentionally or through ignorance. Those things send signals, right? Killing the project, approving the project, they send signals to the marketplace. That's what the marketplace relies on. And when you short-circuit signals in the marketplace, which government does, uh, you end up making bad decisions because you don't have accurate information. The market's being distorted, right? So the cancellation of the pipeline sends a very clear signal. You're not going to do any of these types of projects. So if you are the industry, what do you do? You adjust accordingly, right? You're not going to spend any kind of effort on any kind of uh, distribution system, and you know, you're not going to devote 
money and resources to try and draw some new lines and acquire rights of way and that sort of thing. You're, you're not going to do that because it's not going to go anywhere because he canceled this big project. Um, we use 20 million barrels per day in America, 20 million barrels of crude a day worldwide. It's a hundred million. So one out of five barrels of oil is used by us. USA, USA. The push for green energy has thwarted the progress that the U.S. made in energy independence and increasing supply. She says the Biden administration canceling oil and gas leases, shutting down pipeline progress and having substantial red tape for drilling and production all factor into market calculations on what supply will be like today, but also going forward. Additionally, the demonization of this critical industry including the push of ESG initiatives to direct capital away from traditional energy projects has led to substantial underinvestment in the sector, which also material, uh, materially impacts the supply side of the equation, right? If you're not, if you are, if you've got your investors, your shareholders like BlackRock, and they're pressuring you if you're, let's say, Exxon, this is a true story. Exxon got pressured by these woke uh, fund managers like BlackRock. They got pressured into putting environmental activists onto their board of directors, which then changes the philosophy that the company operates under, which means what? You're not looking to do more investment in the types of energy production that the environmental activists oppose. That's ESG. It really, at some point, I, you know me, I try not to ascribe motive to people, but at some point I do have to wonder, if you were trying to destroy America, would it look any different? And I know how that sounds. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. I'm not trying to, oh, there you go, Peter, stirring the pot. I'm not trying to stir the pot. I'm simply saying, would it look much different? It's estimated that as much as $1 trillion in investment has been postponed or canceled over the past few years, with a large part of that related to ESG and green energy pushes, she says. There is also a monetary policy component to all of this. If the Federal Reserve had been managing interest rates appropriately and not printing trillions of dollars, we would not be seeing inflation in everything, including oil and gas. Then there's the refinery side of this. Uh, those costs depend on the time of year, the geography, all of the laws that require different blends for different times of the year. Supply-constrained labor markets also make wages more expensive. Nobody wants to work. you got a distribution and marketing side of it. you got taxes, which account for $0.57 cents per gallon of gas. Um, and finally, then, what's left over for the oil companies? Are they to blame? Are they to blame for the high prices? That's what the Biden administration says. We'll take a look at that charge up next. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 
going over the gas price issue, breaking down the costs. And those evil oil companies making money off of me. Um, and he says, I fill in my Toyota Corolla three times every seven days. Between 38 to $40 each time. Yeesh. During the sharp reduction in demand during the pandemic, major oil companies, do you think they made money? No, they didn't. They lost a lot. The five biggest companies, a.k.a. Big Oil. Yeah. Right. Okay, so Big Oil, yeah. They lost $76 billion. Did you notice you couldn't get gas during the pandemic? Oh, wait, what? No? Oh, no, really? So there was gas available. Interesting. So they were still able to to put gasoline in the pump so you could get your gas. And uh, even though they lost $76 billion, nobody offered to bail them out. Right? There, there was no payout for, for big oil, right? Because demand was gone. Demand steeply declined very quickly. Now that demand has increased far ahead of supply, the market has driven crude prices up, which has given them more revenue. And as that works, that means more profit. In a June 10th tweet, Fox Business host Charles Payne said, quote, in 2020, Exxon lost $22.4 billion. Federal government made $25.8 billion on gas taxes. Federal government is probably making way more than what the oil companies are today. So who's gouging here? The reality is, Carol Roth writes at uh, theblaze.com, The reality is we need energy and we need lots of it. We need more of it, all kinds of energy. And while new greener, quote unquote, sources of energy are being developed and scaled, we should side by side be investing in more traditional sources of energy as well, including nuclear. (laughs) President Biden could change all of our fortunes today and for the future by simply changing his energy policy, signal to the markets that more investment will be going to traditional energy along with green initiatives. Clear the red tape, reinstitute drilling and leasing and pipelines. While we cannot turn on a tap overnight, these kinds of policies would start to show relief at the pump today. Because this is the other thing, always keep in mind, that the retailers, the gas stations, They're buying the next fill-up. So the price is going to be based on what the market is for the next time they have to fill their tanks. Um, That's Carol Roth. This is another one by Rob Rapier. Uh, He is, uh, or maybe Rapier? Rapier? We'll go Rapier. Anyway, oilprice.com. Uh, He says there are a lot of people that believe this fictional narrative that uh, they see all of these oil guys sitting around in a smoke filled boardroom. You know, well, we have the public right where we want them. Time to jack up the price of gas. Gouge them while we can. Put a bulletin out. All gas stations. Let them know. He says this is not some sort of uh, false construct that he's developed here. He, He hears people say this to him. 
The only thing that is true is that high oil prices translate to high profits for oil companies. But why do oil companies ever lose money if they're in control of prices? Great question. Oil companies lost, as I mentioned earlier, 70 somewhat billion dollars during the pandemic. If they get to set the price, how did they lose money? Do you ever see Apple lose money selling iPhones? See, Apple is an example of a company that actually has full control over its pricing. But that's not how oil prices work. Major oil and gas companies suffered tremendous losses in 2014, in 2015, and then again in 2020. Apple, they haven't lost money in a decade. ExxonMobil does not set oil prices. They're set in the market by how much people are willing to pay, just like with Apple stock. U.S. oil companies are price takers, not price makers. There are speculators. Yes, they have an influence, but they do it to Apple stocks as well. Even OPEC and Russia don't control oil prices, although they have tremendous influence relative to ExxonMobil. But if ExxonMobil decided to produce less oil to drive the price up, that just hurts them. Because OPEC and Russia can easily make that up. But if OPEC and Russia decide to produce less oil, well, there's not a lot the rest of the world can do to make that up. Why? Because of our policies. It is true that oil companies benefit from OPEC's and Russia's actions to restrict production. They do. But they are also at the mercy of those actions when they decide to flood the market with oil. This is why independence from those two clowns would uh, would be of such great benefit to us. So, yes, the high prices do increase the profits. High prices drive the profits. They also drove inflation, though. High profits are an effect, not a cause. And finally, we come to the CNN audio. I said you're going to want to hear this. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. CNN's anchor, John Berman. Did you even know CNN had an anchor named John Berman? Wasn't he the guy on ESPN? He could go. Oh, right, that guy. No, not him. Related? Probably not. Anyway, John Berman talking with Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm over a letter that Joe Biden sent to the oil companies where he threatened to take them out back and I'll give you the old what for, just like I did the corn pop. The letter went to executives at BP, Chevron, ExxonMobil, Marathon Petroleum, Phillips 66, Shell, and Valero Energy. It accused, why not Sitco? Why? Is it because they're Venezuelan? It accused the oil companies of profiteering at a time of war and demanded they do more to increase production of oil. Does anybody catch the inherent conflict here? Biden telling the oil companies to produce more. Here's here's what the letter said. Quote, at a time of war, refinery profit margins well above normal being passed directly onto American families are not acceptable. There's no question that Vladimir Putin is principally responsible for the intense financial pain the American people and their families are bearing. But amid a war that has raised gasoline prices more than $1.70 per gallon, 
Historically high refinery profit margins are worsening that pain. Biden also threatened to use emergency authorities if the companies do not comply with his demands. Quote, your companies and others have an opportunity to take immediate actions to increase the supply of gasoline, diesel, and other refined products you are producing. My administration is prepared to use all reasonable and appropriate federal government tools and emergency authorities to increase refinery capacity and output in the near term and to ensure that every region of this country is appropriately supplied. So start cranking out more product, oil companies. What are you waiting for? Why aren't you making more? There's an inherently contradictory uh, position being adopted by the Biden administration. And I don't often say this, but kudos, kudos to CNN. CNN anchor John Berman specifically. You, five years from now, 10 years from now, are you telling me you want them drilling for more oil? You want the refineries putting out more gasoline in five or 10 years? What we're saying is today we need that supply increased. Of course, in five or 10 years, actually in, in the immediate, we are also pressing on the accelerator, if you will, to move toward clean energy so that we don't have to be under the thumb of petrodictators like Putin or at the whim of the volatility of fossil fuels. Ultimately, America will be most secure when we can rely upon our own clean domestic production of energy. But that's the problem solar, for these companies. Wind, these through... companies are saying, you know, you're asking me to do more now, invest more now, when in fact, five or 10 years from now, we don't think that demand will be there. And the administration doesn't even necessarily want it to be there. Just one last question on Saudi Arabia. The president is going. All right, hang on. So I'm going to pause right there because he, he then gives her, he, he, he pivots away. Rather than holding her feet to this question, the feet to the fire, rather than hold her to answering the question, because he's exactly right. Why would, ener why would any energy company seek to invest in increased oil production when y'all have made it perfectly clear you want less production why would they do that you cannot have this both ways people this is a direct result of your messaging and your policies to saudi arabia where we understand he will be meeting with the crown prince Mohammed bin salman is there any kind of promise beforehand that the saudis will increase production no no there's no promise beforehand he's no there's not. And let me just say, John, I'm John, I mean, we're, we really want to see us move to clean energy, but we also need to see this increase right now. And we are asking the oil and gas companies as well to diversify and make sure that part of that they become diversified energy companies to be able to produce other means of clean energy because they have huge deep pockets. They have a big ability to invest in the future as well as investing right now so that we don't see Oil and gas causing the inflation numbers and people being hurt every day. Oil and gas causing the inflation numbers. Oil and gas causing the inflation. Economists at the Federal Reserve of Dallas, they already debunked that allegation. That the oil companies are responsible for record high gas prices. Only 1% of service stations in America are owned by companies that also produce oil. 1%. U.S. oil producers are in no position to control the retail price of gasoline. These are the effects. 
not the causes. The oil is not causing inflation. Inflation is caused when you have too many dollars chasing too few goods. And you get too many dollars chasing too few goods when you print trillions of the dollars. What do I know? Just a radio host, right? I'm not some MMT-er, modern monetary theorist. I'm not somebody who thinks deficits don't matter and debt doesn't matter. And then convinced, apparently, an entire major political party to just spend our way into uh, oblivion. That wasn't me. I'm no expert. Oh, next hour. Shocking development. This is a shocking development. The Republicans... All right, listen. Get close. Listen. The Republicans are planning to try to win races next year. Crazy. I know. Details up next.